In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman. Aquaman. And those three junior super friends, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Luke. Crystal. Long ago, there was an age of heroes. Right, yeah. It was a, I think we covered that on MCU Complete Me. But now, the world needs heroes. To show me the Batcave. <laughs> you know, he does show people the Batcave in this one. That's right. Finally, we are shown the Batcave. <laughs> uh, it's time, Crystal, it's time for us to unite the two so we can talk about the time they united the seven. United, there's only six heroes, though. Yeah, and yet the tagline of this movie when it was, like, being promoted was Unite the Seven. Well, no, that was only the tagline on the Aquaman poster because of the seven seas. Oh, is that true? Okay. Can you name all seven seas? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> well, wait. I know the term is seven seas, but do you mean seven seas or seven oceans? Seven seas. Mediterranean. Okay, yep. Classic. Dead. Dead, okay, yep. Uh, red. Red, yep. Revolver. <laughs> That's not a sea. Oh, but red and dead are both. Okay. Uh, Mediterranean, dead, red, uh, Baltic. Okay, Baltic. Um, Caspian. Caspian, that's a big one, yeah. Uh, oh boy, oh boy. Um, oh shit. I might be out. The Black Sea? We're up to six. Oh, Black Sea, yep, 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 yep. And Redemption. I think, let's count the Indian Ocean as the seventh sea. I think those well, are no, probably... that's an ocean. Yeah, but we're talking about... It's right about, there in the title. Talking about, like, what what would the Greeks consider to be the, the trading waters? Sure, sure, sure. That's a big like, one. Wait, are there seven oceans or are there five oceans? Um, There's the Pacific, the Atlantic, the Indian, the Southern, and the Arctic. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. This movie isn't very good. You watched this one recently, right? I watched it just yesterday. I watched it uh, in July, or no, June 29th, 2023. You decided you didn't need to watch it a well, second time. Well, here's the thing. I, I canceled Max mm. in, in since we last recorded, because it's not worth sure. it. Yeah. Last night, I downloaded a torrent of this film. Uh-huh. Uh, that'll be ready by morning, surely. Oh, sure. It was not ready. It stalled at 50%. The people are not seeding this film. You know? This is... This is this might become lost media. I can't blame him, I suppose. Yeah, I get Max as like a free bonus for my internet subscription, but otherwise I would not be paying for it. So this film famously was being directed by Zack Snyder. Yeah, he had a very bad tragedy happen in his like personal life. And then they hired Joss, Joss Whedon to finish the film. Yeah. And he basically reshot the whole thing and made it a new movie. Yeah, now, I have not seen the Snyder Cut. That is sort of what Show Me the Batcave is building up to, bit by bit. Yes. My my impression, based on how people talk about it, is that this 
cut of the movie is uh, basically just a very cynical, desperate attempt on Warner Brothers' part to make their own version of Marvel's The Avengers 2012. And the Snyder cut, you know, love it or hate it, had like a point of view and something Zachary Snyder was trying to like say. And like, even if you didn't, even if you don't like it, like you can at least appreciate that like it had artistic intent behind it and not just studio exec saying, oh, oh God, we gotta get our own Black Widow or whatever. Yeah, I would say that is accurate. Zack Snyder is definitely one of the premier examples of a modern vulgar auteur along with Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, even even if you don't like his flicks, you gotta admit, he has a recognizable style. Because I'll say, I watched this yesterday with Chelsea. And yeah, <laughs> I do understand there were lots of reshoots, both for this and for the Snyder Cut. But uh, her sentiment, and I, I struggled to disagree, was, I don't see how re-editing this could make it meaningfully better. <laughs> <laughs> it It seems like... You're just working with rotten food, and I don't care how you cook it, it's not going to be good to eat. The interesting thing that struck me on my watch of this was that there's actually not that much difference in plot. They just right. kind of trimmed out all of the character development. Sure, sure. There's a there's a lot of CGI punch em up in this movie, I'll say that. Y you know what? There is CGI punch em up in the next one but it's just like it comes after an hour and a half of people talking and like developing relationships so that when they work together in the fight it's like wow they used to not be very good friends but now they're good friends now they're good friends sure yeah i definitely don't buy them becoming friends in this movie even though by the end you're supposed to kind of assume they are classic superhero movie mistake All right classic like by the end of suicide squad Killer Croc is like, yo, I've already lost one family. I'm not losing you guys, too. I'm like, what are you talking about? You all hated each other this whole time. Or like in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. when they try to make me believe that this was actually a metaphor for him getting over his mom dying. Right, right, right. Um, we all love each other, even though we've known each other for a week and have been at each other's throats during that entire time period. So this is a sequel to Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman, I'm sorry. <laughs> that landmark Supreme Court case. <laughs> Can you recall for me the plot of that film? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, in the wake of Man of Steel, uh, Bruce Wayne, billionaire playboy by day, uh, the Batman by night, has uh, become cynical and jaded he's worried about uh the future of humanity in the shadow of these alien monsters and titans like superman uh he's hunting down human traffickers and branding them with a bat symbol so they get killed in prison um and that that has to do with his hatred of superman question mark but i don't really remember why i know he's chasing down a lead about something that turns out to be right turns out to be a ship with kryptonite on it because he's trying to you know create the uh a means to defeat superman meanwhile superman uh causes an international incident in the middle east and everyone thinks that maybe he shouldn't have the right to just fuck everything up anytime he wants to and he's depressed that people keep telling him that <laughs> And, uh, Lex Luthor, uh, hey, Lex Luthor's not in this fucking thing. He's in the post-credits. 
Oh, sh- I didn't even think to sit around for a post credits because, like, they definitely are setting him up in, in, you know, Batman and BVS. And yeah, he doesn't show up in this movie. He's the one who says, like, knock, knock, uh, the devil's coming. Right, right. They really uh, seem to imply he's going to be involved in this plot and he's not. Anyway, Lex Luthor uh, manipulates events because he also hates Superman. And he has been secretly pulling the strings behind, like, both plots to draw Batman and Superman together so that they kill each other. Or more importantly, so that Batman kills Superman. Uh, They sort out their differences at the 11th hour when they realize their mom both has the same name. Uh, But it's too late. Lex Luthor has used the technology from the Kryptonian ship to revive General Zod as Doomsday. And that thing starts fucking shit up. Uh, Wonder Woman shows up, luckily, though, and Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman all have to team up to fight Doomsday. It's not working very well. Superman has to use Batman's kryptonite spear to kill Doomsday and dies himself in the process. And also, Batman got a bunch of uh, leaks of E3 trailers of the other superheroes that are in this movie, and he's telling Wonder Woman at the end at Superman's funeral, like, maybe maybe we need to go find ourselves a couple more superheroes. And I think that's I think that's everything important, right? Right. Yeah. And now that memory of that plot is just in my head forever. I have to always remember the plot of BBS now. Because because you recited it? No, because we watched it for this fucking podcast. <laughs> and how does that lead into this film? Uh well, in this film, uh oh right, yeah, you know, like you said, Lex Luthor also is like, uh, ding dong, the witch may be dead, but the devil's coming. And, uh, you know, then in this one, bad guy's here. His name's Steppenwolf. His name's Steppenwolf. Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman are trying to recruit people to help them fight him. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much where we're, the, the status quo of this, this movie. Yeah, he's trying to get the three mother boxes to take over right. the, the world. Which we briefly saw a mother box in one of those E3 trailers being used to make Cyborg. Yes. But they really, you might argue they have not been given much proper introduction. No, but they'll certainly introduce them in this movie. Sure, yeah, this movie introduces a lot of things. It, it, You can really feel, I feel like in this movie, the Warner Brothers execs be like, oh my god, we are like five to six years behind Marvel, we cannot afford to be playing catch-up, we gotta just jump to the fucking... We, we we gotta just try to cram everything into one movie. And which approach would you say that you prefer? Uh, I think the Marvel approach on the broad structural level, I, I don't love those movies as has been documented, but like early Marvel movies, my beef with them is not the way that they connect together. It's the way that I think their individual plots are weak. Mm-hmm. But the idea that you are slowly building one big overarching plot in the background of lots of other movies that have their own individual plots makes a lot more sense to me than, okay, we need to introduce like three characters and, uh, you know, two to three new concepts all in the same movie. Yeah, I'd say I would prefer that too. Marvel kind of stopped doing that. Yeah, Marvel's lost their, like, you know, again, I, I think in some ways they've never had a touch, but whatever touch they had, they've kind of lost over time. Yeah, in Phase 2, a common complaint was, how come Thor's alone in this one? Where's all his buddies? Right. And now every time they make a movie, they have to have all the buddies in it. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of seems like DC won this fight. 
I don't know, because uh, we're recording this like in the wake of them being like, hey, we give up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't give up. They're, they're rebooting it. Yeah, but I thought that, yeah, but like this iteration of it, they're like, we, we've screwed the pooch on this one, guys. We got to start over. <laughs> can, can we have a mulligan? Can we have a do-over, please? <laughs> Come on, it's our birthday. We deserve a do-over. And now they've had like five last DCEU films. Right, yeah, like Aquaman 2 is in theaters now, and they've pretty much said, like, yeah, no. Like, Jason Momoa is out promoting the movie, <laughs> promoting the movie in quotes, like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to, and I don't know if they'll let me. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know saying that they won. I Well, I guess I'll have to see what their rebooted stuff looks like, because it's also, it's very, uh... I've talked about this before. I don't read a lot of comics, but just I know comic stuff just from knowing friends that do. It's kind of like when they did the new 52 stuff, like, you know, in the early 2010s, where like, okay, the whole DC universe kind of a mess right now. We're going to reboot everything. Oh, but Batman's really successful right now. So that's not being rebooted, even though the rest of the universe is. <laughs> Everyone likes like Batman Inc. So we want to keep that going. Yes. DC does love rebooting every five years. They do. <laughs> and that's carried into their films now. The comics industry seems really fucked. Yeah, seems hard to hard to do. It's kind of for no reason. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Fucking, you know what? General Hospital is also a never-ending story that they just keep putting on forever, and they don't have this problem. No. They don't need, you know, a crisis on infinite hospitals to keep the plot of that going straight. They just write it good. <laughs> or they write it as good as they need to, you know? What year do you think the MCU will end? Because it's already started to fall apart. It's starting to fall apart. It's really a question of, like, because uh, on one hand, it it's made so much money for Disney. And I think it will be very hard for anyone to admit that they can't hit those highs again. They're going to keep wanting to try to make the lightning in the bottle again so yeah i don't know it's hard to say it's also hard to turn turn the ship when you have like seven things in production at any given time because also like will it ever end end or like you know they were putting out x-men movies right up until disney bought out x-men basically you know what i mean right right like, will it end or will it be like, oh, bizarrely, we go three to four years without a Marvel movie, but then it's got to come roaring back, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we got to let people, like, forget the fuck up parts and build up a little bit of nostalgia for us. So we got to make them miss us and then we can come back with, you know, just just pull a dump truck of money up to Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and just get the classics back. Or maybe if they keep rolling the dice, maybe one of these will just hit really big. Maybe Agatha Darkhold Diaries will will revive the whole series. I mean, never say never, I guess. But I feel like, <laughs> you know, the old model, the way they made this shit work was just like, well, you know what? No, that's not true. I was going to say they got heroes people cared about and used them to kind of let the less, the more obscure ones piggyback off them. But that's not really true. No one cared about Iron Man until 2008. That's yes. So yeah, if they can find the right actor and director combo and just let them have fun making a fun movie, I think they can get it back. I just don't know at this point, you know, they're not going to let somebody be like, oh, you know what? Just improvise most of the movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
There's like too much money at stake for them to let anyone do anything as loosey goosey as Iron Man 1. I'm looking through the list now. The last movie they made that is not a sequel is Eternals in 2021. Maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe we just need Agatha Harkness to get in here and fix it all. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like they, they have not managed. I think part of it, too, for a lot of people, Endgame was such like, you know, we don't like that movie, but a lot of people really like that movie. And I feel like they felt like perfect, like way to tie a bow around this whole thing. I'm satisfied. I don't need any more. And when their attempts to get people to keep wanting more are like Black Widow, then, you know. Watch uh, all these TV shows that are eight hours long. Right. Like when you give people that natural of an on-ramp, you really need to entice them to, to get them to keep going. 2019, though, that they will have that frames on the offices for all time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to avoid talking about Justice League. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I guess we should talk about Justice Justice League. I mean, there's not much of a plot to this. It's the Steppenwolf's no. trying to activate the boxes. There's a box in Themyscira. There's a box in Atlantis. I'll say this movie was like immediately like, hmm. The like cold open of it is like cell phone footage of two little kids trying to interview <laughs> Superman, which I like conceptually. Uh, I think that's cute. But I'm immediately thrown by it because Henry Cavill seems annoyed by these children and is humoring them when Superman should be way friendlier to the children to me. I think maybe something that might be affecting his performance is the fact that he has a mustache and they had to yes. digitally remove the mustache. Right. Which... Any any scene that's a Joss Whedon reshoot, he's got a CGI <laughs> mouth. <laughs> which, boy, oh boy. How do you feel about his explanation of why his symbol looks like an S? It's like a river. You know, it, it uh, you know, widens, narrows. You know, my dad, I mean, someone I used to know, used to tell me that hope is like, I forget what his analogy is. It's like, it's like losing your car keys. Right. It's, if you dig around, it's usually close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope's like taking a shit. Sometimes it comes easy, sometimes you gotta strain for it. <laughs> but it's always there. And then they ask him what his favorite thing about Earth is, and he like looks off in the distance uh thoughtfully and then breaks into a smile, but we cut away before we hear his answer. Joss Whedon likes doing this for some reason. He does. Like with uh, Avengers 2, when he doesn't say Avengers Assemble. Avengers Assemble, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't understand what the effect is supposed to be. That Well, honestly, I would say I'm fine with that. The movie should end cutting back to this and hearing Superman's answer. Yeah, he'd probably say my wife. Yeah, I think, I assume that's what he was going to say, but that'd be a nice little, like, bookend to it if this was a good movie. <laughs> but uh, we cut into Gotham City, and we know we're in the the shady, evil part of town, because the newspapers that say Superman is dead are being used to line the, the cage of a bunch of pigeons. Whoever owns these pigeons doesn't care that Superman's dead, he's letting them shit on it! But where else are pigeons supposed to shit? Right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, the one, that one guy from Mindhunter is here. Is there, like, a pigeon-owning Batman villain? Is this supposed to be, like, a guy, or is this just a random dude Batman's harassing? There's gotta be a Batman villain that has some kind of pigeon theme. The Pigeoneer is out here, uh... Pigeon Batman. Because <laughs> a pigeon is also a rat with wings. I mean, the penguin has a lot of different birds in a lot of versions. 
Yeah. Like, you know, I've definitely, like, there was some cartoon where he had the, like, whole, like, uh, like, zoo, like, indoor zoo with just a bunch of, like, flamingos and ostriches and shit. Oh, I don't see anything about a pigeon-themed villain. Yeah. Um, because they don't name this guy, but uh, I assume, you know, they're like, oh, guess what? This is blah, blah, blah. Uh, and yeah, this guy really just kind of minding his own business, not directly doing anything evil that we see. But Batman's here to harass him anyway, because he needs to make him scared because he's hunting parademons, which are attracted to fear. Yes, because criminals aren't scared anymore since Superman has died. Uh huh. Uh huh. And, uh, yeah, so he has, like, a f- big fight with a parademon. It, like, picks him up and flies him around, but don't worry, it lands him right back on the same rooftop. He, like, kills it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the criminal's like, my gosh, aliens. That's probably because Superman's dead, right? And Batman's just like, shut up, idiot. I'm leaving. Meanwhile, the Wonder Woman is foiling uh, a small group of reactionary terrorists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Who know that sin has brought on this plague of aliens. Yeah, she's, there's, there's terrorists, like, breaking into, like, a bank or something with a bomb, um, because they think that if they, like, blow us all up, then we'll stop sinning and the aliens will go away. Or something, question mark. We need to go, we need to get rid of the modern world and go back to the dark ages and the safety of holy fear. Yes. Um... She, yeah, and you're quoting when she wraps one of them up with the lasso of truth and makes them uh, explain. And he goes, oh, we're a small reactionary terrorist group. I'm like, that's not <laughs> how he would describe them, even if he is being compelled to be truthful. I guess it, uh, it reinforces the theme of fear, because the parademons smell fear, and these guys want to bring back holy fear. But Batman, he's also a man who uses fear as a weapon. Something going on with fear. I guess so, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Now, does that cohere into a theme? No, not really. <laughs> like, I, I know where you're coming from, because that's how they beat Steppenwolf at the end. But, like, you know, not, you know. Batman travels to a small Scandinavian town where, uh, you know, Jason Momoa is hanging out, and Batman's like, hey, I think you might be Aquaman, and he's like, shut up, stupid. <laughs> the one Joss Whedon line that I like is when he says, have you ever heard the saying that a strong man is strongest alone? <laughs> right, and Batman's that's the like, opposite. That's, that's, that's not a saying, that's the opposite <laughs> of the saying. That I'll give Joss Whedon that one line. Made, made you chuckle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, while they're having this conversation, Bruce notices, uh, a mural on the wall that has some sort of boxes on them. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he's trying to ask Aquaman, hey, what's up with the boxes? And Aquaman's like, shut up, that's what's up with them. Uh, Aquaman really just, uh, (laughs) Bruce is just like, I I need your help. And Aquaman's like, yeah, you do, but I've read the script and I'm not going to help you for another 30 minutes or so. Because people from Atlantis were always trying to tell him what to do. Now, he doesn't like anyone telling him what to do. Not even Batman. He's like, oh, so what? You think we deserve it because of climate change melting the ice caps? And Aquaman's like, I don't care if the sea levels rise. What if they boil? Bruce ends up putting a tracking device on his coat, even though he's not cooperating. So he'll get to him later. But Bruce also says, uh, well, then he didn't take his coat. And actually, I'm not sure it was his coat. <laughs> So kind of botched that one. 
Next is time to meet the Flash. Right, time to meet the Flash. Alfred gives us sort of the the exposition introduction to him. Uh, Barry Allen's dad is in prison for killing his wife. Barry insists that he's innocent, and he's trying to prove that, but it's hard. Um, You know, a little bit funny when there's, like, a guy in line that is giving Barry shit, and it just, like, cuts to Barry, cuts back to him, and he's drawing, like, a funny face on him. Yeah, that's a funny little Flash mischief. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Barry's dad in prison is very like, oh, you got to forget about me, kid. Move on with your life. Barry's like, don't ever say that to me again. He's the, He doesn't want to give up on his papa. Yeah, it's obviously this movie was filmed, you know, years before any of this. It's hard to look at Ezra Miller without thinking about the weird fucking crime spree. Yeah, I think Ezra Miller's career might be over. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be in any more movies. It was just so strange when, like, in the promo cycle to The Flash, Warner Brothers was just like, don't worry about it. The, the, listen, the thing about The Flash is that it's the greatest movie ever made, so we need to just sort of forget that the leads of it keeps, like, kidnapping people, question mark? I saw that movie. It wasn't very good. I didn't see that movie because it didn't look very good. <laughs> didn't didn't save the DCEU, certainly. No, uh-uh. How, how is Michael Keaton as the Batman? I true I it's probably the most hollow cameo I've seen in one of these, which is saying something. That's saying something. <laughs> because like there's really no reason for him to specifically be Michael Keaton Batman, except that it's been exactly the right amount of time for fifty year olds to have nostalgia for him. Right. Ghostbusters afterlife. Right. They don't incorporate any specific elements of those movies. Right, right. But he does stare into the camera and say in the flattest tone I've ever heard Michael Keaton say a line. Yeah. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Right. And that's that's all you need. (laughs) Everyone's cheering. They got they got Nick Cage in there fighting a giant mechanical spider. That's true. What a film. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's that's what Barry Allen's deal is. Meanwhile, Star Labs is still researching the, uh, you know, Kryptonian ship. Uh, oh, right, this is the, our introduction to Cyborg, because Cyborg's dad is, like, one of the scientists responsible for that. And Cyborg, you know, he's he's a real Moody Murray up in up in their apartment. He's the emo one of the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know anything about Cyborg outside of the Teen Titans cartoon. This uh-huh. is definitely not the Cyborg of the Teen Titans cartoon. He's not a fun party dude. Like the he producers is wanted him to be the Cyborg of the Teen Titans cartoon. That make, yeah, I mean, I assume there's some reason he says booyah at the end. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely the character that most got screwed by this version. I have heard that he's kind of the main character of the Snyder Cut. He's kind of the main character of the Snyder Cut, and he's kind of not a character in this movie. Yeah, he's barely in this movie. Uh, yeah, he hates his dad for making him a cyborg. Also, because he was made with, like, mysterious, with the change engine, the human mother box. Uh, he's all the time, he's kind of like Lucy from Lucy. (laughs) He's just constantly evolving, and he doesn't understand what's happening. Yeah, he can, like, see the whole internet. Yeah, he grew jet, he he grew jets out of his feet overnight, and he's very emo about it. I've never seen anybody so depressed about having jets come out of their feet. Well, because he's a he's a freak. Yeah, 
You tried to bring your son back, but instead you've created some sort of monster that's taking your son over. I don't know, man. It seems fine. Doesn't seem like you have any actual problems. He can, he can no longer be a normal person anymore, Luke. No, but like he has this, he's constantly voicing this concern that like there's something in him other than himself that is going to overpower him. And the only time that pays off at all is when his like automated defenses try to attack Superman. But there's never a sense that like he's losing his identity to the cyborg. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially since we don't see much of him before. We can't see like a contrast in personality. Right, right. They just kind of keep paying lip service to the idea that, hey, you know, it would be a, a more interesting thing for this character is if they had some sort of internal struggle. Anyway, moving on. Um, cut over to Themyscira, where they're guarding the Mother Box. Now, I have not seen Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Is the Mother Box in Wonder Woman? No, not at all. Okay. I May- Maybe it's in the background somewhere, but not really. Sure. Because I was watching this with Chelsea, who has not seen any of these movies, and it just did hit me that, like... You know, if this was the only one you'd see, you've seen, you'd probably assume that Steppenwolf and the Mother Boxes have been set up in any way. <laughs> and they really haven't. Like, again, you saw some weird cubes in BVS, but now it's like, right, Mother Boxes, we all know, right? <laughs> like, like, Steppenwolf shows up here and they're like, Steppenwolf. And you're like, who? <laughs> There's a big action scene. This, this, this part's not bad. It's, it's fine. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm mostly just sitting here like, right, okay, sure, Step, Steppenwolf, I know that guy, I, I care about the stakes of this scene, sure. But yeah, the, he hunts down a bunch of Amazons, uh, eventually, uh, you know, gets his hands on the, the mother box. The Amazons are able to, to send out a warning to the Wonder Woman, the right. lost daughter of Themyscira. Yes. Steppenwolf not the most exciting villain I've ever seen in a film. How do you feel about his appearance? Uh, like, fine, <laughs> I guess. Because he looks completely different in the Snyder Cut. No, yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen Snyder Cut Steppenwolf. Like, it's not, it's not a particularly exciting look, but nothing about him is particularly exciting. Like, I don't really know what he wants other than he's evil guy that wants evil. You So you don't get a sense of his motivation. I mean, I get the sense that, like, he's embarrassed and humiliated because he failed to conquer Earth in the ancient past, and he's wanting to make up for that. He says something about how he was exiled. But I don't know, he's just not an exciting villain. Like, I was talking about this with Chelsea, where, like, you know, I know he's related to, like, Darkseid and the New Gods. Darkseid is also a very, like, flat villain, but he's got some panache with it, you know what I mean? Right, he's the devil. He's the tiger force behind all things. Yes. Steppenwolf does not have any dialogue half that cool. This is like if Phantom Ganon was the villain instead of Ganon. I don't even think that's fair. Phantom Ganon has a lot of dialogue in Tears of the Kingdom. You know what? That's true. He, you know, y'all have like painted an interesting character of Phantom Ganon that I don't think this movie gives you room to do with Steppenwolf. This is like if um Goma was the main villain. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the... It is so bizarre to me that they chose Steppenwolf. Like, you guys, you gotta, you gotta just shoot your shot. Use Darkseid. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I don't really understand why... I mean, this was always supposed to build up to, like, a Justice League trilogy. Sure, so I guess the idea is that they're holding Darkseid back for later. Because, like, you can't... Where do you go from Darkseid? He's, like, the biggest, baddest guy. 
but I don't know. You like I I think make the good movie now. You know. Yeah, I don't see any reason for a movie to ever hold its punches because then you could just make a better punch next time. Right. Right. Same with Guardians of the Galaxy with having the Steppenwolf of Thanos as the villain. But at least that is meant to be like what's his name Rodan the Accuser. Yeah, yeah, something like that. At least he's meant to be a little bit of a chump grade villain, right? Like, he's not supposed to be like, oh my god, the end is here. It's more like, ooh, that fucking guy's got an Infinity Stone? Shit, damn it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, Diana is doing her job as, like, a Greek statue restorationist. Yeah, I don't quite understand what her job is. Uh, her job is having a very low neckline while brushing a statue. <laughs> but is she brushing it with white paint? No, I think the idea is she's trying to, like... I think she's just brushing dust out of the cracks or something. Okay. Yeah. I thought she would be like, Hey, I was around when they made this. I'm gonna I'm paint it the right colors. Right, yeah. We were talking about that. Like, you know, she wouldn't like that it's white like that. She'd want it painted. <laughs> um... But yeah, she sees the news about the uh, uh, signal that the Amazons have lit up. Meanwhile, there's another news story that's really mean to this lady whose, like, husband got abducted. Like, the news anchor shooting is like, here's this wacky lady who says her husband was abducted by aliens. But Man of Steel has happened. You can't treat people like this this way. Yeah, there's some joke about his, like, ass being probed or something. Right, like, you've all, like... First contact has happened. Second contact has happened. And first contact was like an internationally traumatizing event. Zod took over every TV and radio to talk to the world <laughs> in every language. <laughs> and you're going to treat this woman like a crank because her husband got abducted by parademons. Uh, but yeah, Lois and Martha Kent are just hanging out in the break room of the Daily Planet. Um... They showed it during the credits that uh, uh, the Kent house is, like, being foreclosed on. Um, and they're just sort of talking about where Martha's going to live now. They're, you know, this is just sort of a character scene, I guess. Nothing really happens here other than just, like, checking in with Lois and Martha. There's, there's, is there some weird joke about them, like, the sex that they're not having? Wait, the sex that who's not having? Both of them. There's the line, like, the, you're the thirstiest young woman that he ever met. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, oh, oh, no, yeah, they're talking about, like, how Lois is sort of not ready to get deep into investigative reporting anymore, uh, and, like, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, I was barely ready to come back for just, like, fluff pieces and stuff, you know, I'll get there eventually, but it, it's been hard, and Martha's like, oh, I'm sure you'll get there, Clark always said you were the thirstiest young woman he'd ever met, and Lois laughs, because he said hungriest, not thirstiest, and thirstiest means something else. Okay, yes. I remember this was one of the big points of comparison in the Snyder Cut because uh -huh. it's much more, like, serious and somber in that movie. I and gotcha. then they just kind of inserted a bunch of lame jokes in this version. Sure, sure. Um, And then Cyborg's doing Cyborg stuff. Does this, does this shot of Cyborg do anything other than he's seeing the Batman, I guess? It establishes that he can see the Batman. Yeah, okay. He can see everything. Right, right, right. Um, Batman has learned there's some kind of sound frequency that the parademons don't like to hear. That'll matter slightly later, a little bit. Diana comes to warn him about how the mother box got stolen from the Amazons, where we get the backstory of who Steppenwolf is, kind of. <laughs> so, thousands of years ago, yeah. Steppenwolf invaded Earth. Right, but then Rauru 
collected the sages and gave them each a secret stone. <laughs> yes, the, the the Olympian gods, the Atlanteans, uh, the Amazons, one Green Lantern, yeah, and <laughs> humans all united together and and fought him back. Yeah, and then they hid the mother boxes, and I guess Steppenwolf forgot where this fight happens. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, they drove him off of Earth, and without the mother boxes, he's a lot weaker. I think there's two Green Lanterns, because I don't think the one that gets killed has a cape, and the first one you see has a cape. Okay, there's two Green Lanterns. <laughs> um, and yeah, they, so he loses the three mother boxes, which I guess are his... He keeps calling them just mother, so I guess they're his mom. I don't know. Uh... I, I don't really know from Mother Boxes other than this movie just treats them like the Infinity Stones. Yeah, they're the thing that they do is they're going to terraform the world and turn it into Apocalypse. Yeah, which is a plot they've already done in these movies. Yes, that's true. That's already <laughs> the plot. <laughs> <laughs> right, because the Mother Boxes together have like the like infinite creative and destructive power. So he can just, like, transform Earth into Apocalypse. Um, but, uh, yeah, they drive him off and they, uh, you know, split the mother boxes up. The Atlanteans get one, the uh, Amazons get one, and the tribes of men get one. And I, lo I love that the Amazons and Atlanteans build these grandiose temple vaults to hide their mother boxes. <laughs> and the humans just dig, like, a four-foot ditch. <laughs> Honestly, if you're trying to hide it, no one's gonna find that fucking ditch once they fill it in. Unless the rain washes it away. Yeah, I do think they should have dug it a little deeper. Yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so Steppenwolf already has one mother box. He's hunting down the other two, and they're like, well, shit, we're fucked. Oh, no, this is no good. Um, and meanwhile, Cyborg's been spying on them the entire time. Uh, but for now, we cut to Barry Allen's home, which is like... A warehouse full of TVs? It's a, it's his goon cave. <laughs> Are you gay? Yeah, no, that just caught me off guard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get they don't say it, but I guess the idea is, you know, he's the Flash. He's so fast that he can watch 20 TVs at the same time. Um, and yeah, at first, Barry tries to deny that he's the Flash, but eventually uh, Batman throws a batarang at him and he dodges it uh, and catches it in midair, which, like, a guy could do without super speed powers. It'd be hard. I don't know. Uh, but, um, you know, he's like, all right, you caught me. I'm the Flash. And Batman's like, okay, well, I've got an important job for you. Yeah, sure, man. I'm not doing anything. Like, as soon as he's called, he's like, yeah, I'll be a superhero, whatever. I don't have any friends. <laughs> I mean, let me, let me do a little run on brunch, but not really. I'm not going to commit to it that hard. He gives a lot of exposition about his powers that, that doesn't really matter, but it is kind of funny to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's also sort of like almost background dialogue. Like, we cut to them outside, and he's like halfway through a sentence trying to explain what the speed force is. Yes. And yeah, he, because of the speed force, his metabolism is insane. He's like a black hole for snacks. He's like a snack hole. That's why in the, in the Flash film, when all the babies fall out of the skyscraper, he, before he can save the babies, he has to break the vending machine and eat all the Doritos. Right, right, right. And then he's got to stick that baby in a microwave. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that scene of a movie is pretty funny. <laughs> um, but uh, y- you know, really, the rest of this movie, he should be like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. He should just be constantly eating. Yeah, or like uh, Iron Man, he's always eating the peanuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Diana is trying to find uh, the Cyborg to talk to him. And uh, while she's just on the computer, Cyborg hacks it to talk to her through that. And, um, you know, he, he's being caged. Excuse me. He's being cagey. He's being a little, you know, moody about it. But eventually she convinces him to meet her. And, uh, you know, he just hangs out with her on a city block. I like that he's got a hoodie to hide his cyborgness, but he's got just a giant glowing red light that goes right through it. That could just be a fun Halloween mask. That can just be a fun Halloween mask. Um, but, you know, she's like, oh, you and your unique gifts, you you are the one who can help us defeat Steppenwolf. And he's like, no. I'm fine alone. And Wonder okay. Woman explains that she, too, lost someone once and she closed herself off. But then she met a guy named Batman. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, then we cut to, like, a fisherman whose boat is, like, vertical in the ocean. Uh, Aquaman saves him. Uh, a small bit of credit I will give this movie that I think is bad is it does at least attempt to constantly focus in on civilians that the superheroes are helping. Yeah, this is this scene is sort of like a sequel to Superman saving the oil rig. Yeah, yeah, and like later on, Steppenwolf will be like torturing people that they rescue from him. It, it tries to focus the climax all on that one family in that shitty house. It doesn't really work, but I can at least like give them points for trying. Yeah, I don't know about the Russian family, but I think this this ship is does a good job of establishing like this is such an extreme disaster situation that no normal human could possibly solve. Batman's not out here helping this fisherman. Yeah, Batman could not help this guy, but an Aquaman. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like you know Aquaman was such a punchline for such a long time that anytime you see Aquaman in anything modern, they are struggling to convince you that he's cool. They're like, no, I pro- look at all the tattoos he's got, you guys. <laughs> yes. He's such a cool dude. Don't, don't listen, forget about the super friends. We're begging you. You know, 70% of the earth is water. Yeah. You know, uh, do we got to give him the hook hand again? Cause we will. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is sort of just the lead into a short Aquaman stretch of the movie, which this came out before the Aquaman movie, right? Yes, this came out before the Aquaman movie, even though it feels like <laughs> it, it came out after. Right, because when you see, uh, what's her name? At, uh, I don't know, Water Princess Lady. It feels like it's like, right, remember me? No, I don't. <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of pulling uh, a Metroid Other M on me right now. She explains that, uh, that the queen left Aquaman in the, in the human world, abandoned him, and he feels abandoned. Yeah, because Steppenwolf shows up and fights them and steals the mother box, and, uh, you know, she's trying to tell him about his Atlantean duties, and he's like, no, you guys ditched me. And she's like, okay, well, 
You done with your tantrum yet? Because you got to go fight Steppenwolf. Sorry, them's the rules. So now we, we have also developing a theme of like people feeling abandoned because Steppenwolf also feels abandoned, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. And, you know, they need to. And also people like shirking responsibility because they they're the only ones that can help. But they've been too wounded to care about other people. Yeah. Um, and this is, yeah, our first introduction to the Russian family at, like, fake Chernobyl. Now, this is a 100% Joss Whedon original. Oh, this family is? Yes. Okay, okay. Like I said, I I like the idea of it, that, like, you know, they're doing a fucking Sokovia, but the focal point of it is this one family that is, like, under threat. Yeah. Um, I don't think it really ends up working in the end, but on paper, I think it's a smart way to do it. Yeah, having some random civilians. Right, and like showing the, like, if they were more the point of view characters for the climax, I could get a little bit more behind it, you know? Oh, like they just get, like, Cloverfield shots of the superheroes fighting? Sure, that'd be one way to do it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, um, yeah we, we've said multiple times, like, so many of these superhero movies lose track of, like, the human perspective on things and i think that'd be a cool way to try to like really force it in there yeah it'd be nice if they did it better yeah this movie would be good if it was better (laughs) well i have good news well we'll see (laughs) um but yeah uh steppenwolf's base of operations is like an old nuclear reactor that had a meltdown sometime in the past and now he's just got a bunch of parademons in there and that's where he's collecting his mother boxes um, you know, uh, this movie just jumps around a lot with a lot of, like, insert, sh- or not insert shots, but, like, a lot of just scenes that don't really, like, I guess they matter, but it's like, okay, well, sure. It's almost like there's six characters in this movie, and we have to constantly ping pong between which one we care about. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's, I guess, Cyborg just trashed the apartment and left. Sure. Um, meanwhile, at Gotham Central, uh, Gordon is being shown pictures of parademons that look a little bit like Batman. They do kind of look like giant bats. Yeah, yeah. But also this uh, tension is going to get diffused in like 30 seconds. Also, Jim Gordon played by J.K. Simmons now. How do you feel about this? I think it's fine casting, except that you J.K. Simmons is already fucking <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. And like, you can't. There's no time for Jim Gordon in this movie. Wait, wait, There's also no can't. time for Jim Gordon in this movie. What do you mean you I, can't? I mean that I look at J.K. Simmons and I think about how he wants pictures of Spider-Man. I think he does a good job and has a good look, but, like, that is such an iconic role that it is hard not to think about it anytime he's on screen. But when you look at Batman, you don't think about how uh, Matt Murdock loves to harass women? No, because I don't give a shit about the Daredevil <laughs> movie. <laughs> so because you like the Spider-Man movie more, it's it's more front of mind for you. It's more front of mind, yeah, because I like it more and I've seen it like a million times and I've seen gifs of J. Jonah Jameson every time I've logged onto the computer in the past 20 years. Luke, I have, I have some bad news for you. What? Those movies are boomer now. That's fine. That's okay. There's movies that are, like, older than I am that are good. <laughs> Have you heard of Citizen Kane? Pretty good flick. Pretty good flick. Almost as good as Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> You're to Barry Lyndon? Uh, I have not seen Barry Lyndon, but that sounds like a good movie. It's a damn good flick. Yeah. Yeah, like, listen, I think movies, other than maybe books, are the media that we're most like, listen, old ones are good still. <laughs> 
movies were just better in the 20th century. The 21st century needs to catch up. Hmm. There's good 21st century movies. Name five good 21st century movies. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man 2. Okay. Uh, The Matrix Reloaded. The Ma- okay, yep. Uh, 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 let me think, let me think. <laughs> I've forgotten every movie I've ever seen. Shutter Island. I just watched that one. That's a good movie. Okay, I haven't seen that one, but I trust you. I, it's good. I, I give it a thumbs up. Um, I mean, according to you, Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, 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 Unbreakable was the 90s, wasn't it? It's 2000, which technically, if you're a pedant, is, is uh-huh. still in the 20th century. Still in the 20th century. Okay, we won't count that one. I haven't seen Glass. I suspect I'll like it, but... Uh, old. Sure, sure. Um, I feel like there's big... Oh, Speed Racer, of course! Speed Racer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew there was a big one I was forgetting about. We named like six or so. Okay. Now, hard mode, can you name ones that cost less than $100 million? Ah, ooh. (laughs) Probably not. Let me think. Um, I mean, yeah, with inflation as it is, uh, cost less than $100 million? Yes. Well, okay, I mean, I I know that, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Everything, everywhere, all at once, that's less than $30 million. Okay, okay. That's that's a big one. Malignant. Get Out. I think that was a pretty low-budget movie. That, that You know what? You're making a pretty good case here. I think all of the Jordan Peele movies are pretty low-budget, all things considered. Actually, 21st Century, pretty good for horror. That is true. There's a lot of good horror movies. Here's the other thing, too, right? The Like, when you look back in time, we forget about all the shitty movies. We only remember the good ones, so there's, like, some uh, survivorship bias. That's true. You know, we all remember Ghostbusters. We just kind of ignore Ghostbusters too. I didn't even I I didn't even like Ghostbusters one. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, it it you know maybe not good enough to deserve a loving like <laughs> no nigh on pornographic reboot. No. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones is a great movie. I don't know if I can follow you on that one. It's okay. I love it en- enough for the both of us. That's fine. I. I think if you show... Here's the thing. Anytime someone talks about the prequels and all the things they like in them, I, I get it. I see it. On paper, yeah, great. And then I watch those movies and I'm like, well, now hold on a second. <laughs> what makes you hold on a second? Uh, I think they look pretty bad and are not very well acted for the most part. But they look so fake is the thing. Sure. Just like the Republic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if the heart of your story is a romance that, like, dooms the the Empire, maybe I need to buy into the romance a little more than uh, Hayden Christensen is capable of making me. The amazing thing about episode two is that I'll concede maybe the romance is not as well acted as it could be. Sure. And yet, when they're chained up in the chariot and they're going into the arena and the music is swelling... It's a pretty sick moment. That moment I'll give you is well done, but it it, it it alone cannot bear the weight of that plot line, I don't think. If a story has a good ending, the whole story becomes good. Ah, ooh. <laughs> I don't know if I can follow you that far. I might go the opposite way, which a, a, a good ending is necessary, but not sufficient. Okay. Like, if a story's got a bad ending, it kind of doesn't matter to me if it was good up to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. the ending is what differentiates falling and eating shit and doing a cool, like, like skateboard stunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
if you do three flips in the air, but then land on your head, that's a that's a problem. That's not a cool trick. With the power of editing, it can become a cool trick. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Cyborg's fine now. He got over it. <laughs> he decided to show up to Chernobyl. Uh, well, they're not in Chernobyl yet. They got to go under, like, in the subways below Gotham Harbor to go hunt down the parademons that are kidnapping people. Oh, right. Yes. I guess Steppenwolf's plan to find the human mother box is just to kidnap. I guess he knows it's around Star Labs because that's who all these people are that are getting kidnapped. Uh, and he's just going to, like, torture and kill them until one of them gives up where it is. Uh... I'll say, the, I'm guessing it's a Whedonism. The one that works for me a little bit is everyone keeps saying, please, no, I have a family. And Steppenwolf just goes, why do people keep telling me that? I don't care. He doesn't care about family. The Flash is immediately like, oh, uh-oh, I don't like fighting big, scary alien monsters. I don't know if I'm actually cut out for this, guys. And Batman just tells him, just focus on saving one person. And uh, that's how that goes. And then they have a fight with Steppenwolf. And they lose. Yeah. They, they don't do very good, but they save a couple people, you know. They don't know how to work together good yet. They're just no. a bunch of, uh, they're, they're five divas who don't know how to work together. Right, right. Uh, Batman calls in the Nightcrawler, which is just a big robot spider that can trawl through the Gotham subways. <laughs> Why does he have a big spider? Well, that's not his theme. For, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> Uh, Batman, I feel like, gets the worst of the Whedonisms, maybe just because they clash the most with who Batman is. When, like, he's like, I didn't bring a sword. Oh, Jesus, he is tall. <laughs> yes, and Ben Affleck does not deliver these lines well. Right, yeah, yeah. It, it suits neither Ben Affleck nor Batman to be saying those kind of lines. Um, but yeah, they end up, uh, I think Seven Wolf ends up flooding the tunnel because they're underneath the harbor. They barely get out of there in time. Oh, right, because it gets flooded, Aquaman can show up to help and, uh, save everybody. And now, now everybody's together. So maybe, maybe they can regroup and do a better job next time. And this is, this is the first time I started checking how much more time I had to watch this movie for. I was like, oh, Jesus, another hour? Yeah, this is about a halfway point. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but yeah, they go to the bat cave. He shows them the bat cave, like I said. Wow, it's like a cave. Like a bat cave. Great, great writing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like both of us can write better dialogue than is in this movie. Well, let's, let's workshop this line. What should Barry say when he sees the bat cave? Oh, okay, sure. Um, I mean, he kind of had his own cave, but this is like a better version of that, right? (laughs) Yeah, what if he showed up and said, oh, you got a goon cave too, Bruce? I didn't know. (laughs) Batman's like, I need to edge three hours a day to keep my mind sharp. (laughs) Oh, really? I feel like I needed uh, to get it out of me so I can focus. I'm not distracted. No, no, no. You need to keep the seed to keep the energy. Well, my my cum is charged with electrical energy. It sort of static shocks my dick if I don't jack off enough. Stupid. <laughs> We're making a worse line. We can't write. I don't know what you're talking about. I think we both would have won the BAFTA if we had gotten that, that in there. Uh, 
listen, they they didn't have to come up with it on the spot on a podcast. They could sit down in a writer's room and work it out. <laughs> and the best they got was it's like a cave, a bat cave. <laughs> <laughs> At least ours was about something, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're arguing about what to do next. Uh, Cyborg kind of explains his deal to them that he was revived with the mother box. They're like, wait a second. Okay, clearly it didn't work out for you, but what if it worked out for Superman? What if we could mother box up us a Superman? His his Superman body could take the immense power of the mother box. Yeah, you know, he, okay, it, it's too much light for a man, but what if we used it on a being that, you know, it's designed to, to transform a planet. What if we used it on a man stronger than a planet? Is Superman stronger than a planet? Well, Bruce thinks he is. Bruce really developed a big crush on Superman ever since he killed him. Yeah, I mean, they, they bonded so much right before he died. In, in the five minutes before. Right, when they became best friends. I forgot about that part of that movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bruce wants to bring him back to life. Diana thinks that's a real stupid idea because you don't know what you're fucking around with. What if you make, like, a fucked up evil Superman? Then we just have double problems. And, uh, you know, Bruce is like, okay, but you got a better idea? <laughs> And no one has a better idea, so they're going to do it. He also explains that Superman, unlike any of them, is a beacon of hope for the world. Yes. Diana could be a beacon of hope, but she she's just not. She's too sad about her World War I boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, he tells Alfred in private, like, Superman's more human than I am. He's lived among the people, not like me. He didn't really live among the people. You know, he was a reporter at the Daily Planet. He had a, he had a girlfriend, a fiancé. He sort of lived on the outskirts of the people. Sure, but Batman lived in a cave, a bat cave. I guess that's true. He would occasionally go to a party to keep up appearances. Right, but I think his idea is like, he went to a party to keep up appearances. Superman went to a party to be at a party. But he didn't go to parties. Well, Batman doesn't know that. He's assuming a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but eventually, yeah, uh, they get Barry and Cyborg to go dig up Superman's grave. <laughs> why why is this the way that they're doing it i mean how else are they gonna do it i guess they gotta get him over to the weird poop water inside of uh, zod's ship like i don't know maybe there'd be like a bat shovel that can like do this very cleanly and efficiently uh, okay so your script punch up <laughs> is to give them a bat shovel describe to me what the bat shovel looks like it's like it, it it's like a little um rectangle then you press a button and it becomes a big rectangle and it sort of scoops up the coffin nice and clean <laughs> okay sure uh-huh. <laughs> you don't just have to <laughs> use a regular shovel and dig yeah. him up right it's it is a very weird scene to see cyborg and the flash <laughs> just robbing a grave <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing about cemeteries not much security there you know, it depends, but yeah. Um, he's buried with, like, a photo of his paw stuck, like, under his arm. And I like that when they put him into the water in a minute, they, like, the photo drops into the water with him. Like, you guys couldn't set that aside? You couldn't take that off it? Maybe it's waterproof. <laughs> you carried him all the way here with the photo <laughs> tucked under his arm? <laughs> Maybe they didn't notice. Yeah, I guess they didn't notice, even though it's extremely prominent. That's why he's so mad when he wakes up. 
Yeah. So this is a real team effort to make this happen because Batman and uh, Wonder Woman have to break them into the lab and then Cyborg has to use his uh, fucked up technology brain to interface with the machine and they got to drop the mother box into the water at the same time that the Flash runs in and touches it to static electrify it and uh, Aquaman's also here. <laughs> he's not He's not so involved. He's moral support. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they uh, they do all that and Superman comes back to life. He explodes out of the water with such force that his shirt comes off. That's pretty good. He's in like a whole suit and then the next time you see him, he's shirtless. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, he immediately flies to that monument that the, uh, the like amputee guy from BVS tried to defile and got arrested for. Yes, false god. Yeah, and he's just, like, looking at it, uh, worried, and everyone except Batman shows up, um, I, either because Batman didn't want to show his face immediately, or just because they're all faster than him, or both. You know, he can't fly. It's harder for him. Uh, they are trying to, like, make sure that Clark is calm and collected, but, uh, dang it, Cyborg's automated defenses are turning his arm into a Mega Man cannon. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And then Superman gets angry and starts attacking all of them. Yes, Batman, if he bleeds. Yeah, eventually Batman does show up. And yeah, Superman's unhappy about what happened in the last movie. You won't let me live. You won't let me die. So do you bleed and just slams him on the ground? And Batman just goes like, oh, yeah, something's bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, kind of a unnecessary fight scene that goes on too long. But eventually Lois Lane shows up. The one good part of this is Barry tries to use his flash powers to, like, run behind Superman. And in the ultra slow motion, Clark's eyes track him and freaks him out. Well, that's that's good. really good. Yes. I like that. But yeah, eventually Lois shows up and, you know, the sun's getting real low. <laughs> she calms him down. <laughs> it is the same thing as the Hulk. All an angry, out-of-control man needs is a sensitive, quiet woman to calm him. Who smells good. No, no, he's the one who smells good. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because then they fly off to Smallville, and yeah, she says to him, you smell good. And my, like, knee-jerk reaction out loud was, that can't be true. Right, because he's been dead for months. <laughs> he's A, been dead, B, been submerged in the weird brown water in the ship. Maybe Lois is just, you know, a little, little, little bit of a perv. <laughs> You're saying she's, this is her discovering she's a necrophile. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they go out to uh you know ma kent's foreclosed house but he doesn't want to go inside because he's spent years inside a wooden box or however long it was uh he just wants to stand out in some corn uh but yeah the rest of the superheroes are like well that didn't work superman's not gonna help us so i guess we just gotta go fight steppenwolf alone uh wonder woman tends to batman's wounds and it's not even hot no what the hell she pops his shoulder back into place. This feels like it should be very sexy, and it isn't. It's not at all. <laughs> what are you doing, Joss? Come on, Joss. Oh, we did skip it during the Steppenwolf fight. He did slip in one more comedy anime guy falls in a woman's tits scene. Oh, right. Yeah, the Flash Just falls like Age face of down. In <laughs> Just like in Age of Ultron, the Flash falls face down into Wonder Woman's boobs. This movie's so stupid. It's not very good. I think Joss Whedon might not be the best filmmaker. 
No. I mean, to be fair, in all fairness, I wouldn't want to be anybody that has to come in halfway through a, like, partially finished movie and have to, like, make it. That sucks. But, even, like, given that, I don't think he did a good job. No, he really didn't. Um, but, uh, uh, well, and also, you know, again, too, I think, I'll, I'll check out Zack Snyder's Justice League. This feels like kind of an impossible movie to make, because you have to make... You gotta make you care about so many more characters in, like, such a short amount of time. What if it was four hours long? You know what? That would help. That would that would give you the time you need, I guess. If you yeah. just made two movies at the same time. What if you made sort of six 40-minute movies? Oh, okay. If it was like a mini-series. Right, you just sort of made a TV show. Yeah, that would probably make more sense. Well, I have good news. Ah. <sighs> Uh, the Justice League finds out where Steppenwolf is hanging out at uh, fake Chernobyl. They're like, why do people live there? Because they've been kicked out of everywhere else. That, I feel, hmm. Hmm? Do people live in Chernobyl? Well, let's Google it. Do people live in Chernobyl? Because Russia's a big place, you know? Yeah, one thing Russia's not short on is land. Around 1,000 people live in Chernobyl today. Well, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, living anywhere within the Chernobyl exclusion zone is technically illegal. Authorities tolerate those who choose to live within some of the less irradiated areas. Now, are those people who move there or are those the people who lived there before? Yeah, I don't moving know. moving to Chernobyl, even if you've been kicked out of somewhere else. Right. Th- that really seems like uh, there's, <laughs> there's got to be better options. You're in a real bad place if you've got to move to Chernobyl. <laughs> But but if this is the place that your family has been living in for hundreds of years, I can understand why you might want to stick around. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's a fair, fair question. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Steppenwolf has all the mother boxes. He's getting ready to mother box it up. The Justice League's here to fight him. It's time for the big CGI punch him up. They punch him. They do a lot of punching and punching and punching. How did they uh. kill Steppenwolf? Well, so the main, like, idea here is that Cyborg has to hack the Mother Boxes to take them apart. Uh, meanwhile, the Flash is trying to save that family, um, and, like, Superman is saving other, uh, civilians that we never see. There's just a skyscraper full of people also that Superman saves. Uh, but eventually the idea is, yeah, they, they neutralize the Mother Boxes, and they like Superman's beating up Steppenwolf real good. Together they like break his axe and uh, they make him feel afraid. And that turns the parademons on him. He was defeated by his own fear. Damn. And um yeah, I don't know. Does anything else happen worth talking about? Now they're all standing on the cliff. They're united, the heroes of the Justice League. Uh-huh. I can't wait to see the further adventures of the Justice League. And Batman, he he bought the bank that foreclosed Ma Kent's home, so now she can live there. Right. Oh, and also, like, you know, the last effect of the Mother Box was that it, it did terraform Chernobyl a little bit and just made a bunch of cool alien flowers grow. So it's pretty instead of scary. Aw, well, that's sweet. That's sweet. Uh, Batman's gonna finally move back into Wayne Manor and turn it into the headquarters of the Justice League. Uh, he's like, oh, we'll get a big table with, like, six chairs, but with room for more. Hmm. Can't wait to get, like, the Atom in here, or, uh, the Wonder Twins. Yeah, the Black Canary. The, the Question, the Red Tornado. Green Arrow. The Martian Manhunter. Booster Gold, all of them. 
I forgot, did the general for Man of Steel show up in this film? I don't think he did. Okay. I don't, I don't remember seeing him. The The general from The Matrix, you mean? Yes, the general yeah. from The Matrix. Commander Locke. Commander Locke. I remember asking you before that he has a secret identity. And um, right. have you figured out who he is yet? I've paid it no thought whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it will be revealed in the next film. I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, there's a shot of Cyborg getting, like, slightly less creepy and alien and more like his classic design. Chilled out a little bit. Yeah, You just okay. need to be less emo. Right. Um, and yeah, there's, like, this whole ending monologue trying to tie this all together, like, oh, you know, people are afraid sometimes, but they don't need to be, because there's been heroes among them all along. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, it's... I feel like I've complained about this before. The moral of your superhero movie can't be good thing there's superheroes. Because <laughs> there there ain't no superheroes in the in the world. Right, that doesn't work. <laughs> also, the last shot is like Clark walking around as Clark Kent and then pulling his clothes off to be Superman. Superman can come back to life. Clark Kent can't come back to life. Yeah, how did they do the Clark Kent thing? Uh, I want to... <laughs> I want to be in the room with Lawrence Fishburne where they have that conversation. Yeah, I mean, they this is they never make a sequel to this movie, right? Nope. So I guess they just never have to answer that question. <laughs> well, I guess they don't. <laughs> but I'd love to see someone try. <laughs> How did they do it in that one episode of the cartoon where Clark Kent dies? Um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think... I think the only person that quote unquote knows he died is the guy that tried to kill him and he dies at the end of that episode. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah. Because like the last scene of that episode is that guy going to the gas chamber being like, I don't get it. How the fuck did Clark Kent survive that car bomb? Wait a second. He's super and then dies from gas. <laughs> that's such a good ending. <laughs> it fucking rules. That's the perfect level of darkness for a 90s kids show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like almost a little too dark for a Superman story, but it's just <laughs> on the right side. Feels like you got away with something when you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened in this post credits scene? Because I'll tell you, Max, <laughs> like, cuts away and tries to show you a different movie before the post credits scene happens. So Lex Luthor has escaped from his prison. Oh, shit. He meets up with Slade Wilson, who I think might have been in Suicide Squad, I think. Uh, I th maybe? Deathstroke, no. of course. No, the Will Smith played someone with a similar name and similar abilities, but it was not the same character. Oh, yeah, no, Will Smith plays Deadshot. Obviously Deadshot. a completely different guy than Deathstroke. <laughs> completely different Deathstroke. Anyway, Lex Luthor meets uh, Deathstroke on the roof and says, seems like they formed some kind of Justice League. Maybe we could form some kind of League of Doom. <laughs> And then this just never materializes, right? No. Great. Yeah, no, there's Deathstroke right there. Yeah, um, bad movie. Not a great film? No, not not very good. I might say, I might say one star. I also rated this one star, yeah. Yeah, this one, this, this one I think gets an F. Yeah, I think I'll also give this one an F. It's if not... I was like feeling generous, maybe a D minus, but no, fuck that F. Is this the worst movie that we've seen? Is this the worst movie that we've seen? Um, The one that's immediately coming to mind for me to compare to is Infinity War. Because <laughs> uh, honestly, similar structure to Infinity War. Yeah. 
But at least... Mm. If I was just comparing those two movies side by side, Infinity War has more imaginative visual visuals. So no, yeah. it's worse than Infinity War. I remember when I first watched this movie in early 2018, I yeah. liked it more than Infinity War. Yeah. Um, but I, I would not agree with that at this point. Sure. Infinity War at least has like a couple parts, like the fight on the planet where everyone's working together that are kind of right. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I strongly dislike Infinity War, but I think there's at least some scenes that are, have some like cool visual ideas. It's not just assuming I understand everything about the villain. They've, they have put in the, the work to build them up, you know, and you can criticize how good a job they did at all that all day but at least they at least an attempt was made unlike this one we're like yeah steppenwolf you know steppenwolf right it's steppenwolf but this one when i watched it i i was trying to find redeeming elements sure yeah yeah, yeah. and it was really weird watching it after Zack snyder's cut because i can see that film in this film sure you yeah that makes sense but it just it it never it's like a flower that never blossoms, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just every step of the way, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Bad movie. Bad movie. Didn't like to watch it. How'd you feel about the Batcave? You barely see it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, I assume it's basically the same set as BBS. At least BBS, they sort of shot it more interestingly. Right. Um... So what what do we end up giving the Batcave in BVS? In BVS, you gave it a B minus. I gave it a C. I'm I'm gonna demote it to a C. Yeah, I'm also gonna give it a C again. It's, it's exactly what the Batcave is supposed to be, and nothing more. Has any Batman movie given him that goddamn giant penny? Nope. They're all too scared. They're all too cowardly. Joel Schumacher, what were you doing? You were the one. You were the chosen one. You could have given him the giant penny and the dinosaur skeleton. What's the story behind the penny? Uh, I don't know if there's like one hard canonical one. I know the cartoon does this, like that episode where all the bad guys are playing poker gives an origin story for the penny that it was part of like a two-faced death trap that he was going to flip the giant penny on top of Batman and he had to like, you know, escape it and stop Two-Face. Oh, okay. That's a fun. That's a fun Batman story. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you see a giant coin, it's not a far reach to assume it's part of a Two Face thing. <laughs> it's just fun that he has a giant penny. It's fun that he keeps it around to remind yeah. him of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> About another man who fought for for justice in this country. Right. Of course. We have a few questions. Okay. Cameron asks, is there any reason whatsoever to watch this movie instead of the Snyder Cut? Half as long. It is half as long. And yet it feels twice as long. <laughs> how how uh, was the pacing of this movie to you? Bad. Again, after like less than an hour into it, I was checking the time. Okay. I kept checking the time and groaning when I saw how much more I had to watch. Because this, the 120 minute length was a producer mandate. And that actually is a, a little bit shorter than most of these superhero flicks. Yeah, uh, the one redeeming quality is that it's under two hours. <laughs> Other than that, n no. I, I, if you prefer this version to the Snyder Cut, I would be genuinely interested to know. Because I, I really did try to see, like, what does this version do better? And I couldn't think of 
of what it does better. I have never heard of anyone that prefers this to the Snyder Cut. M. Healy asks, I'm kind of disappointed that you skipped Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad, but yeah. alas, the villain is kind of a nothing burger. Yep. Any thoughts on other DC villains they could have gone to before trying to do New Gods? I So first of all, yeah, I've heard Wonder Woman's pretty good and Suicide Squad isn't. I think part of it is just we have movies we want to get to and... I think we've done our time watching movies we don't care about. Yeah. Uh, this one we're watching just because, you know, you made the case that we need it for contrast to the Snyder Cut. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we gotta get to the Shyamalan superhero trilogy, and I don't want to... Yes. The more fucking DC movies we put in here, the longer it'll take us to watch Glass. Yes, Zack Snyder's Justice League will be the conclusion of Show Me the Batcave. Okay, yeah, yeah. We, maybe we'll go back sometime to, like, the Nolans, but yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, anyway, yeah, other DC villains they could have done. Um, what's a grid Justice League villain? Yeah, um, the Amanda Joker. Waller. Ama- yeah, Amanda Waller. I guess she's too tied up in Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's the problem there. I mean, Lex Luthor, they, they could have just had him break out of prison and have a bigger plan. Black um, Adam. Sure, yeah. They weren't ready for the hierarchy of power to be rewritten. They sh- they sure won't. They sure weren't. Uh, I'm trying to think other, like, big DC villains. Like, like you know, world-threatening DC villains. Uh, and now I'm just running through the Justice League cartoon to remember. Pl- uh, uh, what's her name? Morgan Le Fay. Yeah, Morgan Le Fay is a good one. I would not want to see Morgan Le Fay in this, like, version of the world. It would have just been Steppenwolf. Um, the dang old, what do you call him? The Ultra Humanite. I don't know if I know the Ultra Humanite. He's like a big, he's like a big white ape man. Okay. Lobo. Oh yeah. Aren't they making a Lobo flick? I can't imagine how they wouldn't. That's so (laughs) obvious to me. (laughs) Jason Momoa playing DC super anti-hero Lobo in new Superman movie. Wait, really? by Michael Bay? Wait, what? (laughs) This can't be true. Says the Hollywood Reporter. Today is what? already proving pre- <laughs> reported in 2019. Uh, this 2019. That's a million years ago. Oh, 20. Uh, no, here's one from 2023. Jason Momoa in talks with DC Studios to play foul-mouthed alien bounty hunter. Might show up in Superman Legacy before Solo pick. You know, Jason Momoa's Lobo is pretty good casting. It's good casting, but he was just Aquaman. Yeah, but they're rebooting. It's fine. I guess. Mahershala Ali was Cottonmouth, but now he's Blade. Sure. Uh, uh, what, what are some other, like, uh, what's his name? Um, the, like, Green Lantern bad guy. I guess, no, they did him in the Green Lantern movie, Parallax. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to, they are very careful with the Green Lantern brands. Are they careful with the Green Lantern brand, or are they like, oh, wow, nobody liked that Green Lantern movie? In live action, they're being careful since that movie. I don't know if it's a being careful versus just, like, being scared to try again after that movie bombed so hard. I guess that's kind of the same thing. Sure, sure. Um, I guess they already did General Zod. I'm trying to think of other, like, Superman villains. Bizarro. Bizarro Superman. Brainiac. Or, honestly, uh, you know... I think I've brought this up as like a fan theory thing people were talking about. Do the Justice Lords. Do Evil Superman. In the first movie? 
in like this Justice League movie because that's already so much what like BVS was about. Like, yeah, let's continue those themes. Okay, yeah. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. Here's what an evil Superman looks like so we can contrast him with good Superman. That's a good idea. All right. Thank you. And then the Flash talks about goon caves with Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Ratboy Demiurge asks, did they really add a harem anime titty joke with the Flash and Wonder Woman? Sure did. Joss Whedon loves them. Why does he love those jokes? For the same reason uh, uh, John Favreau loves getting his neck snapped by strong, powerful, feminine thighs. Because everyone in Hollywood's a pervert? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to look up a justice joke. Why don't you tell me where people can find you online, Luke? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows that I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as uh, we are finally returning to My Wife, She Loves That Reprise Show, a Columbo rewatch podcast. Uh, we had to put that on ice for a while due to the SAG strike, much like this show. Uh, but we're back. We're talking Columbo. Um, so come hang out with us while we do that. Uh, you can also listen to Idle on Playtest. It's an actual play RPG podcast, an award-winning actual play RPG podcast. Damn right. Yeah. Uh, we uh, are just now getting back into Idle on Disco and Idle on Ska, two different campaigns. The IGM, both of them. Uh, Idle on Disco is now about mystery-solving teens in 1980, and Ska is about mystery-solving kids in the year 2000. Uh, and they've got they've got a lot of problems they got to deal with. They got so many problems to deal with. Those are both election years where the Republicans won. Hey, that's true. <laughs> uh, what about you, Crystal? Where can people find you? You can also find me on Eidolon Playtest and on uh, The Book of Medora, a Zelda podcast where we discuss Zelda lore. Just released an episode where we did three forbidden Zelda timelines. One based on geography, one based on release order, and one based on single link theory. I do like that Cameron's single link theory is basically what if one link was many links? <laughs> yes, exactly. What what if he just reincarnated without dying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you live long enough, that's kind of how it works. Right, right. <laughs> are, are you a reincarnation of your 12-year-old self? <sighs> no, I guess I am. <laughs> you said that so late. <laughs> <laughs> uh you can also go back and listen to the episode where i came on and explained the real zelda lore and corrected all of your mistakes that you've made that, over the years that's right you did present to us the blessed timeline your right. own definitive zelda timeline the the correct one <laughs> you guys have been fumbling in the dark for so long and i finally showed you the light we failed to consider the placement of sonic lost world <laughs> that's right you got mario it. kart 8 uh-huh. I got him in there. You got him in there. It was an impressive accomplishment. And then, like, the day after we recorded that, Cameron showed me definitive proof that I was wrong. I wouldn't call it definitive proof. It, definitive proof that I need to adjust my argument. The, the stars in the Zelda 2 title screen are such... Are, you know, that evidence could be so easily lost. <laughs> it would be so easy for it to just be burnt in a fire. You're saying I should just become a corrupt prosecutor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> would you like to hear a joke about justice? Hey, I, I'm living one every day. I read about the Supreme Court. Ooh. You know what? That's that's appropriate. Because this joke comes in from punstoppable.com slash justice dash punts. 
Joe Biden is reportedly looking to nominate geologists to be Supreme Associate Justices. Okay. The news supports recent claims that he's trying to stack the quartz. <sighs> yeah. yeah he's, he's, you didn't like that one? Well, I mean, he's he's not trying to stack the quartz. That's the problem. People are trying to push him to and he won't. That's that's true. It is sort of disconnected from reality. I, I got a better one. Okay, okay. Why didn't the Justice League accept the Adobe sponsorship? I don't know why. Because it would have required them to kill Flash. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, that got a light chuckle out of you. All right, let's get out of here. Searching that area immediately. Oh.